raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Furloughs going on with General Motors. Because of the United Auto Workers strike, the Marion Metal Center has furloughed 35 employees as of today, and that number could grow. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. There was no question that this strike was going to affect Hoosier workers. It was. It's going to come. That one of the plants here hasn't been told to engage a walkout yet doesn't mean that won't take place this Friday. I actually thought this would go with more speed. I discussed it. Once a week, they're now doing them. I think to do it on on a Friday is a big mistake because you're losing the news cycle. Do it on a Thursday. Now you can get the Thursday evening news. You get all day Friday news coverage and you're really focusing it for the Sunday shows. If you're trying to really apply pressure, I think the Friday is a mistake just as a matter of strategy. But the strategy of going after all three, as the United Auto Workers are doing, they want to get higher wages, 40% increase. They want to have cost of living adjustments. They want better retirement benefits. There's the conversation that they want the four-day work week. You're not going to get all these things. But if you're trying to really apply pressure, it was an interesting take to say, instead of just going after Ford or going after GM, we will strike across all three. And they did that on the first go round, but not putting everybody out, just a a plant here and a plant there. Then the distribution centers, so you at your local uh, dealership won't be able to get parts and other things, and your car won't be able to be fixed, applying more pressure. Then they did a walkout of two plants that make SUVs. Now you're starting to see the furloughs going on at plants. Then, which is a a different side of this, then you'll see possibly uh, they'll start doing the pickup truck world and closing down those plants. All to apply the pressure. There may come a moment where the big three, Ford, GM, and Slant, say, you know what? UAW isn't being serious. These people are terrible. Screw them. Let me just say for the record, uh, I think Sean Fain, the president of the United Auto Workers, comes off as a damn fool. He comes, he comes off as a thug jerk. I don't know if he is really emblematic of the rank and file. The rank and file want to get paid more. I hear you. I see you, Boo Bear. I get what you're saying. Not going to say no. I just don't know if you're going to get everything that you want. And I don't know if Sean Payne is a guy you can actually negotiate with. Stellantis laid off 300 workers at two facilities in Kokomo. That was last month. Now General Motors. We're going to see this continuing to play out. And get ready for it tomorrow, 2.20 p.m., a message sent to all cell phones, TVs, and radios from the Federal Emergency Management Agency. It will state, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed. They're doing that test tomorrow at 2.20. We'll be on the air with Tony Katz today. And then when we hear it, we will drink whether you have bourbon or, or a milkshake, I'm not here to judge. Some kind of energy drink, which I don't understand. Uh, may, maybe uh, some wheatgrass. I don't know. Not here to judge. All right, I'm here to judge a little bit. 
But that's happening tomorrow, 2.20 p.m. There's this nationwide test going on. Be ready for it. Do not be freaked. The popcorn moment, that is coming up. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So the NFL has learned a valuable lesson, which is stop telling us about Taylor Swift and just focus on football. That's all. Enough with your crazy. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I'm not denying the popularity. I am stating that overkill is just that. The NFL, which will do anything for one more dollar, it seems. Look at all the Travis Kelsey jerseys that are being sold. Look at this. Look at that. It's too much. It's too much. We don't require this much. The NFL fan is not the Taylor Swift fan. Well, it's a way to get more people involved in the game. No, it's not. It's a way to turn people off. That's all. Look, it's not going to stop her from selling out, you know, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Good on her. And, And some people have been very upset. Why in the world is anybody writing uh, stories that, you know, Taylor uh, Taylor Swift's music isn't that great. She's not that great of a songwriter. It's all just mid. What are they doing? Why is the political right writing this? I don't know, because Taylor Swift's music to them is mid? Whatever. People can't have an opinion? Taylor's off limits? No one's off limits. You have an opinion, you move on with your day. That's it. Now, if you could do it in an entertaining style while being handsome, they give you a radio show. But otherwise, you still get to have an opinion. Dear Lord, if I told you the amount of phone calls I get and texts and and, and, and posts and emails, everyone's got an opinion. Taylor doesn't get to live her life without an opinion. Is her music mid? I, I, it's it's not mine. It's It's not mine. You know, it's like, oh, she's so beautiful. Sure, whatever you say. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not there. She seems lovely, but that's all right. I don't know. I just nothing about her seems to grab me, which is fine, by the way. I can say that about many, many people. But the NFL focusing on her like they have. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) People want football. They don't care about Taylor. It's just that simple. The popcorn moment. Let's do the thing. It's a story you need to hear to believe. Then grab your popcorn because there is more. 
I, I kind of have a twofer. I don't know if I'll be able to get to both of them. But this was on CNN. This is a Ukrainian official. Um, the funding of Ukraine is now the uh, political story for the for Republicans, for the Republican Party, for conservatives. Do we or don't we? It has become the litmus test. And I think it's a pretty bad litmus test. I don't recognize Ukraine as the greatest country in the world or the greatest leadership in the world. I recognize that Russia needs to be stopped when it comes to aggression. And I think that this, while costly, is the more inexpensive way to do it. I don't put people up there. I'm willing to put some money into it. Now, the money I'm willing to put into it has to deal with guns and bullets. I don't put money into it that helps stabilize the retirement accounts of Ukrainians. That's not what I do. There should be, every retirement account should be going into defending the homeland. Your homeland. That's what it should do. Defending your bank account seems awkward to me. Certainly unacceptable. It is a burden on the American people that is unacceptable. The burden of helping you keep the country from Russian aggression, these Russian soldiers who are untrained and who are monsters, I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. And you, you agree with me, you disagree with me, we've, we've had this debate. But it is the hubris by which Vladimir Zelensky and his team operate Hubris, overbearing pride or presumption, the concept of, of arrogance. This was one of um, a, a this, not an EU foreign minister, a Ukrainian official. Uh, I believe it's, uh, uh, it's Danilov Okisi, or maybe I'm saying his name backwards. There's a trans, translator going on. I want you to, or translation going on. I want you to hear this for yourself. Sorry about that. We need to see whether the United States is responsible for democracy in the world, whether it remains a country that supports democracy, or whether it is a country that will stand by and watch as authoritarian states seize more and more territory. The man's name is Olkisi Danilov, Ukrainian National Security Advisor, Olkisi Danilov. I believe I'm pronouncing it properly. And uh, Mr. Danilov should be told to kiss off. What kind of statement is this? We need to see whether the United States is responsible for democracy in the world, whether it remains a country that supports democracy, or whether it is a country that will stand by and watch as authoritarian states seize more and more territory. Is, is, is that a threat? Are, are you calling us out? Are you making the argument that we haven't done enough? If we engage a no-fly zone, if we put troops on the ground, we put the United States in a war. And the answer is no. No! The answer is no! 
We're not putting any troops on the ground. The billions of dollars and there's not even a thank you? This is not the first time this level of response has come from Ukraine and it has met the same way every time. What an ungrateful group of sons of you know what? Every time it is, it is the same response. Now the argument is, if your children were being slaughtered the way Ukrainian children are being slaughtered, you too would be asking for more help and you wouldn't care how you asked for it. That's possible. But this is on CNN and this is supposed to be an official. You we need to see whether the United States is responsible for democracy in the world, whether it remains a country that supports democracy, or whether it is a country that will stand by and watch as authoritarian states seize more and more territory. I don't think that plays well. I don't think this guy is our collective conscience. I don't know if I'd put him back on TV. The question does remain as to where a, this, this new thought process on foreign policy is going. What is the plan? Is the plan one of isolationism? Where, what is the value there? Is the plan isolationism in the face of a communist China growth? Their buying of property and really controlling of nations in Africa and in South America. Their Belt and Road Initiative. They doing anything they can to thwart the oncoming collapse of their demographics. Scheduled in 100 years to lose nearly a billion people. Which still makes them the most populous country on earth. Nope, second, that'd be India. They have levels of desperation. There's a question as to where the United States sees itself and how it sees itself and how it sees a a mission. And while I can appreciate levels of, yeah, we're not getting involved, you have to accept what comes with some of that not getting involved. You have to ask yourself whether or not the policy itself has value. Just like you have to ask yourself whether or not the funding has value. What happens if the answer is yes? What if you can show with data that funding is better than not for long-term safety and security? Well, Tony, it hasn't brought it to us before. My response is, are you sure? Maybe talking off the cuff isn't as good as actual detailed analysis. But I'm sure as hell not going to be told what to do by a Ukrainian official who should get slapped around for saying something that ignorant on American television. The motion has been filed. Yes, the plan of Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida, is to remove Kevin McCarthy. And he is just... 
Relentless on the commentaries. Kevin McCarthy's true coalition partner on all things of substance has been the Democrats this Congress. He worked with Democrats on the debt limit bill, and only Democrats are really campaigning on that bill. Republicans aren't campaigning on the debt limit bill. That was a Democrat bill passed with mostly Democrat votes. Then we get to the appropriations process, and Speaker McCarthy purposefully delayed us. He tried to back us up against shutdown politics. He tried to not pass single-subject spending bills. And at the end of the day, he had to utilize Democrats to pass a continuing resolution. Explain the timing of this. Yeah, I'm going to be doing it this week. If this does fail, it's already will you done. bring this up again? Yeah. Now, the fact that he's going to bring it up again has Republicans unhappy. If you have motion to vacate after motion to vacate after motion to vacate, nothing gets done. Now, maybe that's a good thing for the rest of us. But it isn't uh, a smart way to govern. And Gates has to accept the fact that it may come down on his head. It may all come down on him in a very negative manner. I argue that the value is not in vacating the, the, the speaker and removing McCarthy. I believe that the value is better concentrated pushes for what it is that you want. Well, Tony, if, if you're going to have a, a, a continuing resolution with, with spending and this and that, what, what's the point? I would argue that the deal made with McCarthy and Biden wasn't a great deal. I said so from the beginning. I would argue if you can't find other places to pressure the speaker to hold the line... I, I, I think that's not necessarily the case. I think there are places. I think when you're talking about uh, this, this spending, this continuing resolution and these appropriations bills, well, if they don't pass, they don't pass. We'll cut the 1% across the board and that's that. But you've had other wins and other victories because of him. Because you, you've been able to, to, to figure it out. And I don't know if a new speaker def- necessarily changes it. And, oh, by the way, who is that going to be? I don't argue, I I argue that you will not necessarily get better without McCarthy. And you don't have anybody who will get the votes like McCarthy. Yes, it took 15 votes to get McCarthy. I I hear you. I see you, Boo Bear. How many is it going to take for the next one? It's going to be Chip Roy? I like Chip Roy out of Texas. It's going to be you, Representative uh, Gates. It's going to be Victoria Sparks. Is Representative Sparks going to be the new Speaker of the House? Well, maybe she'll stay in the House if that's the case. See, you've got a problem. You have no plan forward. You're only angry now. I want to talk about plans forward. And I don't think that Gates has it. I'll keep doing this until he's gone is not an answer for, well, who's going to replace him? What's the plan? Which I would like before trying to remove the speaker. This Saturday, October 7th, I will be 
in Gas City, Mississippi Cigar Company, the barbecue showdown. I'm going to judge a lot of barbecue. We're going to smoke cigars from Espinosa Cigars. We're going to drink bourbon. We're going to raise money for Twin City We Care. They are going to provide Christmas for kids all over that Gas City area who don't have Christmas to look forward to. Uh, tickets are $25 a person. It'll get you a cigar. It'll get you a, a drink. It'll get you uh, some, some tickets. There's silent auction. And I will be there along with Fingers Malloy of Eat, Drink, Smoke, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. We're going to be recording podcasts, talking to people, smoking it up, eating good food. It's going to be great. This starts at 2 p.m. Mississippi Cigar Company. That's Gas City, people. Yeah, you're going to take a drive. Uh, bring lawn chairs. Bring lunch. It's going to be chilly, but the tent's going to be out, and we're going to be feeling good, and we'll have some Eat, Drink, Smoke swag you can purchase, some books for purchase, and part of the proceeds will go to Twin City We Care. So that's this Saturday, October 7th, Gas City, $25 a ticket, starting 2 p.m., Mississippi Cigar Company. Be there, if you would. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Cities are a standard now. It's not a bug. It's a feature, it seems, of cities that are Democratic-controlled. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I share with you two stories, one out of Washington, D.C., and one out of Philadelphia. The stories I share with you are not to cheer, ha-ha, told you so, but rather as a statement of what it is that we're dealing with across the country, right here in Indianapolis. Story number one is that Democratic Representative Henry Cuellar was carjacked in D.C. outside his apartment at gunpoint by three assailants, as is described in the headline. Three guys with guns in a city where you're not allowed to have a firearm went after a congressman, this in the Navy Yard neighborhood. Aisha Hosni, who used to work at Fox 59, is now with Fox News, uh, had put out on social media that D.C. is unbelievably dangerous. She never felt this unsafe in New York. When she was stationed there, she's now in, in D.C. The city is unsafe. I was in D.C. over the summer. I used to live in D.C. I lived in D.C. on September 11th. It is a much dirtier city. Period. I was also in Toronto. Uh, that same trip, I thought Toronto was dirty as well. There is a odd thing about focus going on in, in these cities and how they are run. Did I feel unsafe? Not particularly. I was not in Navy Yard. I did walk the mall. I did walk around with family. Did not feel particularly unsafe. Was I as aware of ever of my surroundings? Absolutely, I was. But just because nothing happened to me doesn't change whether or not the city is safe or not. Recognition of reality is everything. This brings us to story number two. This brings us to a journalist in Philadelphia who was killed outside his home. Josh Kruger, a 39-year-old, shot and killed in the Point Breeze neighborhood of Philadelphia. I know nothing 
of the neighborhoods of Philadelphia. But if you follow Kruger on social media, he would tell you that the city was always fine, that the mayor was doing nothing wrong, Jim Kenney, which made um, uh, Philadelphia uh, a, a sanctuary city. That the progressive socialist, if you will, I'm going to say progressive though, uh, District Attorney Larry Krasner was not the problem. Argued with people on social media and other places that Philadelphia is just fine. You're just trying to scare people when you call Philadelphia unsafe. He said this repeatedly, constantly making these kinds of statements that somehow we, you and I, were liars, were fools, we were, were, were just trying to, uh, to instigate, we're trying to fearmonger when we say these things. No. No, we're not. No, we're not. Honesty requires, well, being honest. It requires speaking directly. It requires handling whatever comes back at you because some people don't want these things discussed. But these things must be discussed. Our cities are unsafe, and the connective tissue in our cities is progressive thought and virtue, values, ideas, and policies. They don't work. Joe Hogsett's Indianapolis doesn't work. This city grows because of the state and how the state is governed, not because of the city of Indianapolis. It grows in spite of the poor leadership. It grows in spite of the dangers. But it doesn't grow fast. It doesn't grow well. It doesn't grow in a way that benefits the people. Joe Hogsett's Indianapolis is no different than Philadelphia in D.C. How much more do you have to see before you recognize that those policies don't work? You got to vote differently in November. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.